Butter Hotep, Butter Hotep, Butter Hotep. He's a Latin lover, Latin lover, Latin lover. Hello. Welcome to He Saw, She Saw. If you're just joining us, I am Keith. And I am Corey. And we love movies. Just not the same ones. So we make each other watch a movie that we love. But that the other one has no interest in and would never see in a million years unless they were forced to because we were doing a podcast about it. And then we talk about it. And we have some movies to talk about this week. Wow. Yeah, I don't think we've had this two movies that each other were so diametrically opposed to than this week. So, yeah, so it was kind of you desperately wanted to see one movie, and I was like, all right, if we're going to do this one, then we got to do that one. So, like forcing a round peg into a square hole. There you go. So, what movie did you want me to watch? Okay. Um, (laughs) I've got that wrong, but that's fine. We'll just pretend like I didn't say that. Um, you get to watch How to Be a Latin Lover (sighs) with, uh, Eugenio Derbez. We, we think that's how he pronounces well, his name. that's how he said it. We, yeah, we found a couple of YouTube videos, and we think that's how he pronounces it. So if we got it wrong, our apologies. But. Yes, but so yes, um, I saw this a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. You refused to watch it with me then. Yes. Um, you're missing out, but not anymore. Um, he's hilarious. I love him. I've loved him since uh, Instructions Not Included. It was oh, kind of wow. like uh, indie, his indie days back yeah, then. Yeah, I, I saw the preview for that movie and I said, oh, that looks hilarious. I'm not going to watch it. So, because <laughs> as we talked about last week, like the thing that I cannot stand is like embarrassing situations, like especially well-meaning people who do something dumb and they don't realize it and they get made fun of and, you know, or they just are like innocent and romantic and it just blows up completely in their face. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, so I don't know how this but is going to go. But I do want to just tell you that Kristen Bell, Rob Lowe is in it, as well as Salma Hayek mm-hmm. and Raquel Welch. Yeah, I, they, like I said, I saw the preview and I was like, oh, that looks hilarious. <laughs> I love all those people. Mm-hmm. I am not going to watch this. The only reason why I know who Raquel Welch is is because my fifth grade teacher, Mr. Senek, had a crush on her and he would talk about her all the time. I, as a, a straight man with a pulse, I give Mr. Sinek a high five. I, <laughs> I agree with him. So, um, so yeah, that's, uh, yeah, so you, you came forth with this movie. I did. And I was and like. And you paid me in full. Yeah, because I was like, well, I was trying to figure out what I could full. do. Mm-hmm. And I just went beyond left field. <laughs> and I went to the theme of aging out because I knew that was kind of like the theme of the movie. Themes are important to you. And so I was like, well. I don't think I'll ever get to watch this movie if I don't do it now. And so. Well, that's what I just did. All hail the king. We're going to watch Bubba Hotep. So. Okay. Now when you say the king mm-hmm. and you say Bubba Hotep, uh-huh. is this about a zombie Elvis? I am not going to give you any any hints. Okay. It, it's not going to help. This is like, I, I'm very nervous about having you watch this no, movie. No, you're not. So, um, but it's, um, I only saw it once. I read an article about it and I was like, oh my God, I need to own that movie because I was young and dumb. And so I bought it. I watched it once and I was like, that was absolutely crazy. I love that I have this movie and I've never watched it again. So it, it's I, I very quirky. I know how many movies we have that you watched once. <laughs> that were good. <laughs> you see, so. It's a theme that's emerging that I was not aware of. Yeah, but it was it was a good movie. I, I liked it. I'm hoping it holds up. Uh-huh. It, it's been, uh, I literally have not watched it and since the day I received it and put it into the DVD player immediately upon receiving it. <laughs> okay. 
So it stars Bruce Campbell. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on Bruce Campbell? Uh, my thoughts are, I, who is Bruce Campbell? Oh, my God. <laughs> Those are my thoughts. <laughs> All right. So Stop you, so rubbing your you face. Don't, you don't know Bruce Campbell at all? No. Like this, this is, this is uh, so Army of Darkness is what he's kind of most known for. He's mm-hmm. also in um, any Sam Raimi, I believe is how you pronounce his name, any of his movies. Oh, he's so great. He's like, he's like if Bill Murray was a linebacker. Like if, like, you, do you like Henry Rollins? I love Henry Rollins. Okay, so like if Henry Rollins Have you met me? and Bill Murray, if they had a love child, okay. they would I'm have listening. Bruce Campbell and he would smack them both across the face. Okay. Like that is, mm-hmm. that is Bruce Campbell's kind of appeal. Well, so. you've tickled my fancy. That's all I can hope for. All you for. have to say is Henry Rollins and Bill Murray, and I'm on the train. There you go. And you just say Raquel Welch, and I got a smile on my face. So Wow. <laughs> all right. So are you ready to go see Bubba Hotep? Well, first I want to watch How to Be a Latin Lover. Uh, Is it the sound that Bubba Hotep makes because he's a mummy? I am not spoiling a thing. Oh. All right. Hold on. The dog's drinking. There you go. Hey, we're recording. Do you mind? She minds. Okay. Let's just go. So, Corey, I know it's only been a, it's, it came out in 2017, so yes. you've seen it really recently. Yes. Did Did the second or third viewing hold up for you? I love this movie. I, oh, God, I love him. He is so hilarious. Uh, I am so happy that all the Robs are in it. We got Rob Cordray. We got Rob Hubel. We got Rob Riggle. We got Rob Lowe. <laughs> Rob it's basically also like a Bob's Burgers reunion. Yeah, not the main characters, but like no. several of the voice Linda's actors. mom. And like, and Ken Marino, who, mm-hmm. who played the very memorable meat salesman. Friday Night um, Meats. In Friday Night Meats. That was, which is a hilarious episode of Bob Burgers. It's not what it sounds like. That probably sounds horrible. <laughs> but it's, 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 which again, could also be horrible, but it's like. <laughs> It's a funny episode. Not, yeah. Nothing but like anyway, that. But anyway, you know, I love all those guys. Um, McKenna Grace, um, mm-hmm. she was in that movie uh, Troop Zero that I was telling you about from Amazon. And I like cried my eyes out. And it was so sweet. Yeah, I don't even <sighs> remember that one. But that, that pretty much. With Viola Davis. This, that pretty much summarizes okay. like every Amazon movie <laughs> where you're just kind of. I walk by and you're crying Mm -hmm. and it's like, I can't explain it. I'm not going to make you watch it, but guys, you need to watch it. It's such a sweet movie. But anyway, um, no, just like everybody was hilarious. I feel like this movie has heart. I love the little boy who played Hugo. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, totally. Like this is like my must have movie. I even bought a copy for my mom today, actually. And I have it sent to her house. I showed her the preview and she was like, oh my God, that's so funny. I want it. And she doesn't have like the right streaming to see it and it was uh-huh. like three dollars so i just bought it and sent it to her <laughs> all right uh so anyway um yes it holds up and i love it and, <sighs> <laughs> and my mom will love it too nice to know i bought two copies of it. <laughs> so keith yes do you have a pitch for this movie uh, my pitch would probably be something along the lines of an aging latin lover gets dumped by his rich wife and must find a new sugar mama or be doomed to sell Froyo forever. Mm, that's pretty good. So that's pretty much how I would, I would pitch this movie. So I, right off the bat. That's it, it folks. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> as Corey mentioned, it's a completely star studded cast oh, so good. and um, not necessarily by people who like normally are the, 
lead actors no. of movies, but but it's people I am fans of. Yeah, and in, incredible, incredible supporting characters who, um, yeah, who really get to shine. So in this galaxy of talent, the central star is Eugenio Derbez. To start off with, the mm-hmm. first scene they completely let you know what type of movie this is. <laughs> we start off in this stereotypical rural area of Mexico somewhere, and it's a small family of a mom and a dad and. Um, Eugenio's character is named Maximo. His character is like 10. He's talking about how his dad has taught him and his and uh, Eugenio's little sister, who's Sarah. On, Sarah, who's a couple years younger, that you don't get what you wish for, you get what you work for. Mm-hmm. So he's just finished this like long cross-country trip to go home to see his family. The dad has. He's a long-haul trucker. And he falls asleep at the wheel. Like at their driveway. On their driveway, <laughs> barely misses them, barrels through the house, and the truck completely explodes. <laughs> he and his sister get in this argument about, like, what are they going to do for money? And there happens to be this magazine where it has a picture of a rich gentleman who's a bit older, an elder statesman, with this very young wife. And so Henio looks at the picture and says, well, I want to do, I want that job. And his sister, of course, who's very serious, is like, what? You can't have his job. He's like, no, no, not his job. I want her job. (laughs) (laughs) Because, again, we have a real fall. What is it called? Summer, winter romance here, obviously, in the picture. Yeah. Is that what it's called? I can't can't remember. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, well, spring? Winter. (laughs) I don't remember. Anyway, one of the... One of the people's artery. Yeah. <laughs> Which is carotid, you guys. Carotid. We, we found that out. Anyway. So anyway. Keep going. It, anyway, it's one of those pictures like you show your son so he works hard in school. Mm-hmm. And then you also show your daughter so she works hard in school. So doesn't she doesn't end to... up becoming eye candy for this guy. Uh-huh. So we're, we fast forward. Tennis years or so, mm-hmm. we have Maximo as a young, strapping, like 21 year old mm-hmm. working at a hotel with a whole bunch of really aging white women. And We're so, rich. Who are very, very rich. <laughs> and so he's on the prowl, total cougar mode. He clearly is looking for that one big catch that's going to turn his life around. Maximo is like wearing like the pool boy outfit of like, you know, a yellow polo and white pants and um basically the, his friend says hey there's a that woman down there super rich and maximo's like oh she's perfect they're by the pool he goes to one end of the pool strips off his shirt and pants and shoes to just reveal the banana hammock which is a <laughs> lot more banana than hammock and he dives into the pool and the women are just fainting as he swims by mm-hmm. He slowly pulls himself up from the pool, looks like at Fast Times at Ridgemont High style. Looks at this lady directly in the eyes and says, "I'm sorry. Did I make you wet?" <laughs> Cut. Twenty five years in the future. <laughs> he's in the bed. He kind of stretches awake, and he's got his wife next to him, mouth open, not snoring visibly. He doesn't know she's alive. So what he does is he takes a mirror and puts it underneath her her nose, (laughs) sees breath and goes, "Eh, okay, I guess that's happening. Puts his feet down on a hoverboard and literally just hoverboards around. All day. All day. And so we see that 
Maximo's made it. He's he, he's a. He have to do a thing. He's the toy boy. Mm-hmm. He is gets whatever he wants whenever he wants, and so it's their anniversary, which of course he has forgotten. So he BSs that, oh yeah, no, I've got you a gift. We just need to go pick it up, and of course we're at a car dealership. Is it a Ferrari? I, I'm not good at cars. I don't know. I can't it is. Remember. It's a, like a Lamborghini or something. I would guess it's a. I would guess it's a Lambo. Yeah. If I just had to guess. Oh, she clearly cannot drive that. <laughs> well, she's like, I can't get in there. My, oh, my knees. knees. Yeah. And so he's <laughs> like, oh, so he starts pouting a little bit. He's like, oh, it's okay. And she's like, well, I don't want to don't want to ruin our special day. So why don't I just get it for you and you can use it? And he's oh. like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so Michael Sarah, hilariously, is the car salesperson. I would never pick Michael Sarah. <laughs> To sell luxury automobiles, but he's funny here. Uh, he's very laissez fair. Yeah. So he, he's straight out George Michael from yeah. Rested Development. Living his life of luxury the next day, goes and hangs out and goes and sees his other gigolo friend, his contemporary, which is played by the incomparable Rob Lowe. <laughs> and so Rob Lowe also has a sugar mama. She is not subtle at all. No. That's why she's with she's Rob like, Lowe. Feed me this meat. And then... Uh, <laughs> And she flat out in Spanish totally just tells Maximo she's open for business. And he's like, ah, okay, yeah. Well, because he reminds her of her professor Rojas. Yes, her, one of her former husbands. We don't know which number he was. Mm-hmm. but Or, or fling. yeah, maybe a fling when she was mm-hmm. in college. Maximo goes home a little early. So he goes home a little early. And he goes. he missed her. Yeah, not really. I, I, not really. <laughs> so he, he comes back and he's like, oh, hey, I missed you. And then, whoop. She's his wife is very nervous because um, who walks out of the bathroom but Michael Sarah in the Maximo's robe and slippers. And so and comments on how great of a bar they have. Yeah. It's well, all, you know, you know, <laughs> you live here. Needless to say, mm-hmm. it's over. Mm-hmm. And so Maximo thinks that he's covered. And she's like, well, actually, you signed a pre nuptial agreement. And he said, no, I didn't. I still have. I signed a prenup, and that's when he realizes that he's screwed. And he doesn't take, like, anything. He takes, like, one suitcase of two outfits. Yeah, so he ta- I would have taken, like, all, like, watches. I've taken everything that she gave me. Yeah. Don't understand. It's Well, he's kind of pouting the whole time, too. True. He's in trouble. So he goes back to Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe's like, oh, you can't be in here because, again, my... My woman basically wants to be able to do it in any moment's notice in any room in the house. Mm-hmm. So, and we've done it in every room. Yeah, so you can be in his her granddaughter's playhouse, which is outside, and of course is not quite a granny flat, but basically is. It has a working toilet. It has a working toilet. We think. It's a, it, yeah, it's a big dollhouse. I'm going to go with working toilet. That's just too <laughs> disgusting if it's not. Maximo wakes up the next morning to the shrieks of grand- the granddaughter <laughs> saying, "You know, what is this man doing here?" <laughs> So Maximo has to get out of there. So what's the only place he can go? The only place he can possibly go is to find his long lost sister. Uh, she is not happy to see him because mm-hmm. he has been skipping everything. Mm-hmm. And so out of the goodness of her heart, she's like, okay, fine, one day. And so he goes in and <laughs> says, oh, yeah, I want to I meet my, I want to see my niece. And she's like, nephew. And so, yes, and so we learn. <laughs> Very quickly, Selma Hayek is his plaintiff sister. Mm-hmm. She's widowed mm-hmm. about five years, I want to say, or something yeah, like that. It's, it's not funny, but it's funny because he's like, gosh, you guys are so serious. Who died? Yeah. <laughs> My husband. Yeah. <laughs> so we meet her son, who is just Hugo. 
who go who's just amazing. Oh, he's one of these kids. He's just got glasses, super smart, sweet, just you know everything you would want in a in a eight year old or however old he's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. We have a very interesting combination here. Maximo, who is just a man child, mm-hmm. and we have Sarah. Sarah, who is all business, she's always wanted to be an architect, and she's working in an architect firm, but she's never gotten the chance to be the chief architect. She's a single mom now. And she's a single mom. She's making it work, but by the seat of her pants. And so, and we, we learn that there's a guy in the apartment who likes her, but she doesn't realize it, and he doesn't realize it. <laughs> but he's always asking her to fix his door. And Maximo realizes, oh, yeah, okay, he's whatever. Like he's, like, he's like, how, how clueless can these people be? <laughs> so Maximo has marching orders, though. He needs to find a new target because there's no way he can make this work. You know, he's not going to get a real job. To kind of, you know, earn at least a little bit of his, of his keep, they take uh, Salma Hayek to work, and then he's going to take his nephew Hugo. to school. Mm-hmm. And so when they do... Private school. Private school. So again, and we're like, wait, how do, he's like, how do you afford that? And he has some sort of scholarship, and his mom has to pay the rest. This is prime hunting country <laughs> for, for Maximo. So sure enough, as they're looking around, Hugo mentions how he likes this little girl and has a, has a crush on her. Which Arden. does impress, and her name is Arden, mm-hmm. that doesn't impress Maximo until he looks at Arden's grandma, who is played by the amazing Raquel Welch. <laughs> so suddenly we figured out, hey, this is this is the new target. He launches into action. So he gets so he finds out that she's got a charity ball coming up. Only problem is five hundred bucks to, to get, get in. in. Previous scene, <laughs> he had seen this like car wrapping thing where they pay you to wrap your car. And, and these car wrap people are the Robs that we mentioned earlier. <laughs> Hubel and, uh, and, uh, and Riggle. Riggle. <laughs> and so, and they're just total like bros. Like, such bros. Do you even lift? You <laughs> yes. know, the whole time. So they're, they're, yeah, they're crazy and they like, they're like, oh, really? All right. And so they wrap, of course, his car in the one of the most god awful wraps I've ever seen. It's basically a strip club, maybe. It's like women in bikinis. Women in bikinis mm-hmm. with like drinks, and it's like, and it's not photorealistic. It's like no. cartoonish, but it's but just then like, like it's placed in such a way that if you stick your head out in a certain way, it looks like yeah, you're like, in the bikini. Yeah, like the heads of the women are on the windows, and if you roll down the windows, <laughs> and they're like, look. <laughs> You put this on for 90 days, I want to say. It has days. to be on for 90 days, and you get $1,000. And yeah. he's like, okay, whatever, I'll do it. And if you take it off, don't take it off. Yeah. You have to pay the, us back. You have to pay him back. Immediately. So, so he shows up to this charity ball, and when he looks, he not only sees his target, but he also sees a pool. Which and so, which was the move that <laughs> netted him 25 years of the lap of luxury. <laughs> He's got to fix himself up, put on a new coat of paint, essentially. So what he does is he buys the bikini, you know, banana hammock. He's looking in the mirror and he's like, oh, man, I look like my grandpa. And he looks down and he sees shoe polish. <laughs> so he starts to go to work, which, hey, if it works for Elvis, it's going to work for Maximo. He has, like, he has like handprints. Like he did his chest also. He's like hands, like prints on his chest. He's ready to go. He, he sees her at the other end of the pool, jumps into the pool, in which t- quickly turns into this huge <laughs> fart streak throughout the pool as he's swimming towards her because all of the shoe polish is coming off. 
And so he's a swimming. Un- a chemtrail. <laughs> undeterred. He swims up, climbs himself up. Of course, everyone is like, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> Comes up, gets out of the water to where Raquel Welch was. Kind of can't really see. And his shoe polish is his eyes. His shoe polish is everywhere. So he's taking <laughs> off the shoe polish of his eyes. And he's like, I'm sorry, did you get wet? <laughs> and it's not Raquel Welch. It's one person. It's one woman who's mortified. Rob number four here. <laughs> quickly Corgi. gets Maximo by the elbow and immediately takes him outside. It's like, dude, give me a break. This isn't happening. She's been through way too much. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you are not the first gigolo to try to throw yourself at her. And it's not going to happen while I'm here. You are not going to come close to her at all mm-hmm. unless you have a written invitation. Mm-hmm. And Maximo, of course, is like, well, you can't do that. And he's like, I just did it. Now, Keith, you're you're forgetting someone very important. So right? you can tell <laughs> that this is a high class affair by the presence <laughs> of not just Raquel Welch, mm-hmm. but the... San Diego legend, Merrick MacArthur. <laughs> who, who is always, whenever he's in anything, it's just full on center frame. Like, you, like usually background <laughs> actors are like fighting for an inch. And Merrick. <laughs> he n- num- is always center. And number one, Merrick is a s- great guy. <laughs> Super class act. And he's, he's a local actor here. We've, we've been in different uh, film competitions with him. He's been slumming in our circle. So Merrick <laughs> works regularly in L.A. So it was, it was just super fun to see him on screen. And he's, he's actually a featured regular on All-American now. Maximo is just distraught. Don't worry, it's going to get worse because he goes to pick up. He goes Hugo. to pick up Hugo. Of course, he's got the uh, bikini thing. And so we have the first time we have the joke of the windows down and the Maximo. Mm-hmm. Is uh, his head is on the bikini models, and then we've got to pick up the sister. Sarah. This time we get a double joke with both <laughs> Maximo and Hugo. They both have both have bikinis on as they both roll down their window. And of course, Selma Hack is furious. She is so desperately trying to get the next step up. She's been working so hard ten years at this firm, and so her boss, what she sees is her getting picked up. By, by the bikini car. By the bikini taxi that not even a frat boy would be like, do I really want to roll up in this? Do I really want a thousand dollars? Do I dollars? really want this? The things are just not looking good. So, of course, what do you do? You go get some Froyo. And who is behind the counter at Froyo? Miss Kristen Bell. Who is full-on Disney princess mode. <laughs> Like she, her, this character would probably be a little annoying, yeah. but it's Kristen Bell. She mm-hmm. nails it. And she's covered in band-aids. She's covered in band-aids because she's a cat mommy. So what ends up happening is we found out that there's a glimmer of hope. Hugo's friend Arden is having a birthday party mm-hmm. at her house. And he just needs to get an invite. Just needs to get in there. To prove to Hugo that he's got skills, he basically flirts with Kristen Bell. She just totally like gives him the froyo for free. For free. Gets extra toppings and all this other stuff. And Mm so Hugo agrees to become a disciple (laughs) of Of Maximo, Maximo, the Latin lover. So he's starting to kind of get ingratiated into the family, like Mm -hmm. kind of reluctantly. You know, he's starting to develop a friendship with his sister. He's developing a friendship with Hugo. Even though he's had to rip off the the wrap to the car and he has to get some sort of job. So Hugo's agreed to kind of become a Latin lover. Um, so we have these very cute, he's getting bad. He doesn't pee anymore or anything. Yeah, exactly. So (laughs) 
we learn he learns how to do eye contact he learns how to walk he learns how to talk and be yes. be um muy macho he's working with the kid to get the to get the invite he talks to rob Lowe, who's his intelligence and all the you know cougars in town mm-hmm. and rob Lowe says this one's not for you but but if you insist here's a little bit of intel and that's all that's all he needs right maximo's the best so he's, mm-hmm. he just needs a little bit of ways to talk to her the plot thickens maximo's car no longer has the wrap because Selma hayek rightfully said you get that freaking thing off of my car mm-hmm. So the two bros, the the, two, the the Rob bros, look at this car and they're like, "What? Because they're walking by. What's, what's happening? Like that's got that's his car. We told him not to take it off. Yeah, of course he shouldn't have taken it off. And so we have a very pathetic chase scene <laughs> as the two Rob bros basically corner him and say, "Like you gotta, you know, you gotta give us your uh, the money." And he's like, "Okay, just give me a couple days. Just I got it. I got it." So the moment of truth has arrived. It is time for Hugo. To approach Arden. Arden happens to be on the swim team. <laughs> There's the big pep talk. He finds him a banana hammock. Finds him a yellow banana hammock. He goes for the swim. I, I almost thought Hugo was going to drown for a second. He was, he was not a strong swimmer. Brings himself up out of the water and approaches Arden. Stares at her. He blows it. <laughs> but as in this movie, as in real life, when a girl likes you, she'll help you out. Mm-hmm. And they have a normal conversation. Mm-hmm. Maximo is just beside himself looking at this. He gets really depressed because Hugo looks a little depressed after Arden leaves. And then Hugo goes, yes, because <laughs> he got the invite. And so, so they're going to the, they're going to, uh, to the Catalina helicopter insurance, whatever that was from, from Step Brothers. Catalina wine. Wine mixer. Mixer, pow. Pow. <laughs> Thelma Hayek says, oh, I can't wait to be the plus one to take you to this birthday <laughs> I'm party. So happy to take yeah. So Maximo immediately springs into action, gets the guy in the apartment who likes Selma mm-hmm. to ask her out. And she says, I don't know. It's really? Been it's been a long time and she doesn't know. And then Maximo basically they tries to talk. Tequila. Yeah. He basically <laughs> tries to drink tequila to get her to embrace this fate. We have this cute moment about turning sad situations into good ones. So she says, yes, they're headed to the party. Rob Caudry is super upset. <laughs> But Maximo blows him a kiss and goes, he's there. Hugo and Maximo are adorable in matching pink blazers <laughs> with white slacks and tan shoes. It, it is not a look for the faint of heart, but they no. both look like a million bucks. And as you would imagine with Hugo, it goes incredibly poorly. Because <laughs> he's being a weirdo. He's being a weirdo and doing the things that, that Maximo, Maximo tells him to do. Him. And Arden's like... Yeah, that's not what I like. Being a weirdo. Yeah, so and he's just he just he's just embarrassed. He's just like I'm sorry, and she just you know again when a girl likes you, Mm -hmm. she helps you out, Mm -hmm. and so they start to have a real conversation because they have the same watch. It's an astronomical watch. But as disastrous as that conversation goes, (laughs) we have the moment of truth where the great hunter stalks his prey. Uh And Maximo sees Raquel Welch. He approaches her, looking super suave, and starts a conversation. Mm-hmm. Based on the intel that he has. First piece of intel <laughs> is she likes to mountain climb. And so as they're talking, first couple lines goes really well. And then Maximo says, I love to mountain climb. Don't you? And Raquel gets visibly agitated. And she says, yes, until you get stuck on the top of Everest with frostbite and then you lose your arm. <laughs> And we see the mechanical arm. Yeah. And he's like, uh, okay. Just Goes kidding, for, I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> Intel number two. Uh-huh. 
don't you love train travel? <laughs> and Raquel Welch says, yeah, until you get caught in a door and in an accident and then you lose your other arm. <laughs> and so things are going horrible. So arm. the last thing, fried chicken completely shuts uh, Maximo out and Raquel yes, Welch because is because she's like the head of a vegan something or other yeah and has cruelty. and has a chicken rescue and, and that's so, when he realizes so it's over <laughs> and he's so depressed and so he calls Rob Lowe yeah and guess what Rob Lowe's at the party and we find out that yes it was bad intel and that's because Rob Lowe is running out of fluids he just he cannot <laughs> he can't keep up with her anymore. can't keep up with his sugar mama and so he has been targeting mm-hmm. Raquel Welch mm-hmm. which of course is the greatest insult to Maximo and they start arguing <laughs> and then they look at each other and they're like oh we've got to do this right now so they've raced to Raquel both of them on either side of her and each take like a hand and in a moment of her just being like, I, I can't rip. Both of her arms. Both her arms come off. <laughs> and so Rob Lowe, thinking quicker, gets down on one knee to try to. That, they hand her her arm back. That being said, of course, they're kicked out. Uh-huh. So Hugo realizes that, oh, my gosh, you haven't been nice to me because we're friends. You've been nice to me to try to get to Arden's mm-hmm. grandma. Maximo has done enough personal growth at this point. He tries to explain but realizes he has screwed up. So after this disastrous thing in the mansion, don't worry, things get worse. (laughs) Not only does he have no prospects, not only is he working for Elio now to make some sort of money, not only does Hugo not stand him, but the next morning, guess who comes a knocking? But the Robs, because he owes a thousand bucks for taking that stuff off his car. As we have this pretty comical confrontation in the apartment they're looking for something to take and hugo has this gopro as part of this really important science project the science fair that he's going to be a part of they realize that the gopro is really important to him so that's what they take and so once salma hayek finds out what happened that's it she kicks him out you're out of there so he has to go in with Kristen bell and that's rock bottom rob lowe is called into action again. Rob Lowe also has an issue because he's going to kick out because his uh, his sugar mama has found out about the Raquel Welsh incident. So they work together to basically steal back the GoPro. He walks up to Selma Hayek's apartment and is like, I've got the GoPro. And she says, it's too late. The science fair was yesterday. So what could possibly happen? What could he do to make up for it? The movie's very kind of inventive with this. The next day at school, Hugo's surprised that Arden has a smile for him. You know, she's like, hey, I've never gotten a real letter before. And he goes like, what? She's like, yeah, you wrote me a letter. Uh, the answer is yes. And he goes like, oh, what did I ask again? <laughs> and so... I just want to check my spelling. <laughs> what had happened? His uncle, Maximo, had written a letter about how Hugo was never meant to hurt her. Would she be willing to basically have a science state. And then Selma Hayek is finally going to get her break. She has been selected to be the chief architect on a new mansion. She shows up to the spot overlooking the cliff, cliff, which is where this new house is going to be. A helicopter descends. Who is it but Rob Lowe's former cougar in a very distinguished looking Professor Rojas. Professor Rojas. Because what has happened is, is that Maximo has taken the job. (laughs) 
Because she always said, you look just like Professor Rojas. And so and they, now he is. And that's the end of the movie with everyone reunited. Aw, he got her a job. Yeah. So in general, it was a it was a really good movie. So <gasps> the the cast was so insane. So many incredibly funny people. The writing is well done. I really liked the ending. I really liked how you expected things to happen, and they mm-hmm. did a good job of coming up with a plausible alternative mm-hmm. to what happens instead. But the twist at the end does make sense. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like really what, like you would, like, in Aw. some movies, it'd be like, oh, Raquel Welch, she gets back to it. Or, oh, he gets with Kristen Bell. Mm-hmm. And, Kristen you know, Bell doesn't want him. She likes really, 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 really good looking men. Who are a lot younger. A lot younger. A lot younger. <laughs> so, which is funny because he's supposed to be 42 in the movie. <laughs> Which I think is about how old Kristen Bell was when when, that, when this was shot. Mm-hmm. There aren't monstrous laughs like throughout, like boom, 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 boom. There are very funny scenes in it, mm-hmm. which many of which we spoiled. Not all of them, but we spoiled a couple of the major ones. Just being cognizant of who we are. You know, there's a lot of Latino humor, not necessarily making Latino people looking bad, but kind of playing off of Latino stereotypes. I have not seen any backlash from the movie online. I personally didn't find it offensive, but... I'm not Latino. Mm-hmm. So that would be, that's a very important caveat that I that I would need to put. When it comes to like a rating for it, you know, I started two thumbs down. Um, I was expecting a lot more of just like playing out embarrassing. After one after another. One after another. Just horrendous Bits. all the way through. Mm-hmm. But it really, um, but yeah, it really, it did really was Did you find that it had a heart? It did. It did have a, it did have a, quite a bit of a heart. It was a good brother, sister story. Mm-hmm. It was a good, you know, uncle nephew story. I'm gonna cry. So, so overall, it was a good movie. I'm shocked, at least amongst the people I know, that it isn't like a must see movie. Like I'm telling you, it's a movie you must see. Mm-hmm. It's not the funniest movie ever, but it is so well written. Mm-hmm. Eugenio Derbez is so amazing. So as is Selma. As in Raquel. As is all the Robs. As I mean, it is just like <laughs> the little boy. Like it is. It is a movie that is totally. There's so many comedies that are made. It is it is worth being a Hollywood feature film. Mm-hmm. It totally is. And if you haven't seen it, I'd I'd say I'd say you definitely need to see it. Yay! So. I picked a double thumb rubber. Yeah. I told you. Yeah, it's it's kind of like thumb in the middle to like trending up, you but said still. Thumb okay. Two thumb uppers. So there you go. <laughs> I'm just going to ask you, did this movie hold up for you? It was better than I remembered, actually. I was very excited. So I think that uh, double thumbs up is not on the table here. But I think... For uh, you? Yeah. I mean, the only thing I was disappointed with Mm -hmm. was that we talked about how you were just going to keep looking at me saying, (laughs) why am I watching this? Uh And the number I had down was six. (laughs) And you did not say that once to me. However... You did give me the look of why Why am I watching this five times? So I feel pretty comfortable with that line. I was saying it with my eyes, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And I, I had, just didn't have the energy. And I caught you doing that to me five times. Is that is that right? Did I miss any? Or I have I... no idea. It yeah. felt like a forever. I mean, for the over under. I should amount have, of times. I should have gone five and a half or 6.5. I probably, yeah. <laughs> if I had done that, that would have been like the perfect line because you gave it to oh. me five times. It okay. Yeah, I just, um, I couldn't muster the strength to speak, so I just looked. Well, Mama, sometimes it's just hard. Okay. 
And uh, I'm really glad we watched it in the daytime in the morning because I kept saying, I need more coffee. And had mm-hmm. it been evening times, it would have been another drink. Mm-hmm. And then I probably wouldn't have been able to make it to the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a lot to like, but this isn't about me talking about the movie. It's about you talking about it. So do you have a, do you have a pitch for this movie? Well, first I just want to say, um, so I didn't know who you were talking about previously. Uh-huh. But as I was sitting there looking at his face, even though they've tried to kind of age it, but not really, but kind of like a little bit. They, like They indie aged it. Yeah. So Like they creped his skin at, at points. But um, anyway, as I was watching it, I even at one point turned to you and I said, can you just show me a picture of Bruce Campbell? Mm-hmm. And you showed me and I was like, hmm, okay, I know who this is. And um, I figured out where I know him from. Really? Um, Army of Darkness? No, Keith, not the, from Army of Darkness. The Evil Dead? No, Keith, not from Evil Dead. Spider-Man with uh, Tobey Maguire? No, Keith. So I recognized him Uh from Burn Notice. Nice! Because uh, your mom and you have forced me to watch that, and that's where I remember him from. However, did you know that he is also in Rapunzel's Tangled Adventures as King Edmund? (laughs) I have no idea what that is. Yes, you do. You know. It's the cartoon Rapunzel show that we are made to watch. Oh, yeah. I, I the pay, new adventures. I pay so close attention when that's on. And also, uh, I was excited to find out that he's uh, Mayor Shelbourne in Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And no, I remember. Yeah, I should, I should have known you'd know him from that. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, I do know who he is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I knew you had to. He's, he, he's Yeah, great. I just, uh, yeah, it took me a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Burn Notice is where I think I, I recognize him from. Yeah, he is great ever on Burn Notice. So. Yeah, I don't know. I just wow. recognize his face. <laughs> okay. Don't, don't care for that show. I see where that's going. Mm-hmm. I just I also want to just open with, um, you know, it's not that hard to get me to watch a bad movie. You just have to tell me it's a bad movie. Mm-hmm. Like, my hobby is what? Watching bad movies. Exactly. So you just have to tell me that. And how then... did this get made? I have no <laughs> idea how this... If you just tell me that, then mm-hmm. I, I then I'm more willing to be open about it. And the question though is: this bad being bad or bad meaning good? See, I that's don't. I, we'll, my head. That's hurts. what we'll see. My pitch for this movie is: an old folks' home is plagued by a soul-sucking mummy. Two of the residents, one who thinks he's Elvis, and the other who thinks he's JFK, team up to destroy the mummy and save all the residents' souls. How dare you! How dare you insinuate that that was not the real Elvis I'm Presley sorry. Everyone in and that... John F. Kennedy? Okay, we'll get to it. But everyone in this home thinks that they are someone. So what am I? What else am I to believe? Have you been sent by Lyndon B. Johnson? <laughs> okay, stop. Um, I know he's dead, but that won't stop. So him. speaking of like that, like I am so I'm. I'm all into like, oh, Elvis is really alive. Tupac's probably alive, and they fake their death. I'm totally into like that the government killed Marilyn Monroe and possibly killed JFK. Like, mm-hmm. I'm into that. I, I want to apologize for the audio of my <laughs> eyes rolling back in my head so hard that they're thumping. <laughs> Keith and I were dating for I don't know six months maybe, and we were in the car at top speed, and I th- I made the comment that. The, you know, the government killed Marilyn Monroe. You almost swerved off the road and you were like, what? And mm-hmm. you had to make the decision whether you're going to stay in the car with me or not. Corey's like, ooh, cool story, conspiracy type. Bigfoot. 
Yeah, yeah, um, that yeah. is real. But, but when it comes to like the Bermuda Triangle is real. When it comes to real life stuff, she's not a conspiracy person. So the aliens are probably real. So basically, we start off with we see all this footage of uh, mummies and Egypt, and I am so into Egyptology mm-hmm. artifacts and the family line of the pharaohs. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I did a paper in college on King Tut, so you know. Wow. Yeah. Community I know. college. Uh, Anyway, so I did, I do like it. Um, So we see all this footage of Uh mummies exhumed in various archaeological digs. We flash forward to East Texas, and we're in a retirement home. And it says present day, but the music was confusing me, and the outfits were confusing me, and the decor was confusing me. Because it's like there's one person who's dressed like it's 2000. Yeah. I'm sure you're about to get to her soon. I will get to her. But yes. everyone else, it's like it might as well be like... The 50s. Everything's very old and 50s. Mm-hmm. Um, Not in the like, hey, we're helping dementia patients feel at home, but in like, this is old this crap. This is all we got. Yeah. So then we meet Sebastian Half. Um, his roommate dies in the old folks' home, and his mm-hmm. daughter comes to collect his things, and mm-hmm. she's not very, like, she never came and visited him. She's, like, trying to throw his purple heart in the trash. Um, I loved her top. It was this gorgeous, like, brocade, like, corset mm-hmm. top, which mm-hmm. was very, like, 2000s. So she's there, and uh, I'm going to call her uh, uh, Nurse Exposition, because... <laughs> The scene is not, just... Not the girl, but the, there's no, a, so there's, there's a, nurse a nurse also, also who, who I thought did a great job. She was great. And so we learn that um, the nurse says that he thinks that he's Elvis, but he's actually an Elvis impersonator. And 20 years ago, he broke his hip on stage and fell off the stage. And then he was in a coma. Mm-hmm. And uh, now he's in an old folks home. Mm-hmm. And I didn't quite understand like what was really wrong with him, but he didn't seem that old. So I was kind of confused as to why he was in there. But mm-hmm. according to uh, Sebastian Half or mm-hmm. Elvis, he uh, got tired of being Elvis Presley, so he traded places with a with an Elvis impersonator named Sebastian Half. Yeah. And so he goes to meet him, and Sebastian Half is uh, porking down a blueberry pie. And he's got blueberry pie on his face. And so he walks in, and, and we don't see them switch places or whatever, but when he comes out, he's got blueberry pie on his face, and he makes a big deal of, like, wiping it off his face. So you know it's Sebastian Half, and they have switched places. Uh, he also talks about Scylla and his daughter. I'm going to just go past, like, blow past a lot of stuff. So um, that night, or another night later on, there is this old kleptomaniac woman, and she's uh, going up and down the halls, and it's really sad. She walks up to this lady who's in an iron lung. Again, what century are we in? And she can't move or anything, so she takes her glasses off her face and is like, oh, cool, these are new glasses. And the lady's like, no. <laughs> I know. It was very <laughs> It was very sad. sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she steals a tin of chocolate that was meant for someone else, and she goes back to her room, and her room, uh, BT dubs, is like my worst nightmare. It's all dolls. And, like, stuffed animals and just, a, you know, a million pairs of eyes, like, staring at you. So, ugh. so then I didn't really know, like, what this movie was. And so I think it was at that point I was like, okay, is this a horror movie? Because then a scarab shows up, an Egyptian mm-hmm. scarab. But it's, like, a huge, like, four times, I don't know, I'm bad at math, ten times as big as it's supposed to be. Yeah, it's this big beetle cockroach-looking thing. And it, like, attacks her, and she's bleeding or whatever. And then I guess the scarab is actually uh, in the – it's, like, the spirit of the mummy is in it. So then this mummy, like, shows up, the 
this spirit that looks all creepy and skeletal mm-hmm. and uh, then the woman dies uh later on we meet uh elvis has a best friend and uh he's a black man and he thinks that he is jfk and mm-hmm. they think that um they dyed him black lyndon johnson left him in this home to like you know rot yeah they said he said they shot him filled his head with sand and then basically like i said everyone in this home thinks that there's somebody there's another guy later on we meet um he like has lone ranger clothing on and he's got fake guns that he's like bang 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 and they like oh he thinks he's kimosabe his name's kimosabe he's a friend of mine (laughs) he used to play cards with him but he's not the same okay stop so then we meet the scarab again. Uh, I'm fast forwarding again. Um, mm-hmm. He's now in Elvis's room while Elvis is uh, trying to go to the bathroom. And they, uh, Elvis and the beetle are like, you know, the beetle's flying through the air. And I was like, wow, they must have spent most of their money on the uh, beetle effects. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's, it's crazy because he's, he's doing all these like really bad karate moves well elvis karate moves yeah Yeah, which like elvis karate is bad enough but old guy (laughs) elvis karate karate. so then he uh knocks over his tray that's got like a fork it's like a big fork though like a like a serving fork well they're in texas so it's like you know like it's like the it's yeah it's like the serving fork they give you when they give you a huge steak so so he takes the fork and he forks the the scarab and then mm. um it's cold so he had turned on his little heater yeah uh and so the heating element and again so... what which decade are we in because it's like from the 50s <laughs> yes. and it's just like my first house that i lived in with my my parents it was built in you know i don't know the 50s or whatever and it had in the wall it had the heater with like the the coiled, coiled heating yeah. element in mm-hmm. it my mom would warm up our clothes before she put them on us in the morning Aww. so he takes the 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 fork and the fork to scarab and then he he like shoves it into the heating element and i get i'm not really cooking but like electrocuting the the, the scarab and himself and i felt like that was unnecessary it was an unnecessary step it's an indie film <laughs> Something um, crazy can happen. They're gonna shoot it. Uh-huh. So then, um, I don't know. It was, it 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 dragged a little bit for me. So I was just like, I even at this point was probably like, like how long is this? And you were mm-hmm. like, five hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Elvis is wandering around at night, and he finds his friend JFK on the floor of his room. And his room is very nice compared to Elvis's room. He's got mm-hmm. it's very like presidential. Yeah, it JFK. mimics the White House. It's JFK. Yeah, he's got a like... blue carpet. He has like an inset bookcase with like a fresco and it's like he has if, a red phone. It's like if your kid was obsessed with being president in the future, <laughs> this is the bedroom you would make. You would make that child, yes. and that's the one he has. And it's so much nicer than everything it's else in so this nice. nursing home. I was like, where is this place? Um, he's got like little models of like the the uh, book depository. And he's got Jack Ruby yeah. and leave Harvey, Harvey Oswald's like um, mm-hmm. mugshots framed. So anyway, mm-hmm. that's his presidential suite. Um, so he finds him on the floor, and he's like, hey, man, you're on the floor. And he's like, oh, did you hear it, that thing? Did you hear the scratching? JFK takes Elvis uh, the next day to the guest bathroom, mm-hmm. and there are some hieroglyphics that are carved into the stalls. This is, like, carved as in, like, for a good time call. <laughs> it's, like, that type of – it's not, like, mystical at all. And it's, it's like, like, real high up, so it's not like someone was sitting on the toilet and carving it. I, I thought that was a weakness of where they placed the hieroglyphics. <laughs> they just both somehow know, oh, these are Egyptian hieroglyphics. And so they were like, oh, this must be an Egyptian spirit slash mummy who's crapping out soul residue. 
uh, in the guest bathroom because he's a soul sucker. And he has um, this book called The Everyday Man or Woman's Book of the Soul. Mm -hmm. So that's how they know all this is they've looked it up and and they know. It's indie-rific. JFK, like, fast forward again. JFK Mm -hmm. goes to the library, does all this research, and they figure out that the mummy that was on tour uh, back many years ago was stolen and lost in a storm. And they decide that they're going to stay up all night because they don't want him to suck their souls. And so he's going to have a pot of coffee. He's going to go to sleep now and have a pot of coffee. They're going to stay up all night. So how, how does the mummy suck the soul out of a... I didn't want to mention that. I was oh, going to really? go past it. Really? I mean, he can get it out of any orifice. Any large orifice. But we focus on... The butt. <laughs> Thanks, Keith. We really needed to add that. <laughs> Again, this is an indie movie. Like so the mummy like whatever. pushes down the old person and like goes to rip their pants down and then they cut. And I'm like, okay. He's a spirit. He, he, he can just suck. Anyway, okay. They're in JFK's room and they are like, oh, here he comes. Can you hear him? And so Elvis kind of sticks his head out the, the door and the mummy's coming down the hall and Elvis makes eye contact with him. And when he makes eye contact with him, he gets to see a vision of like who this mummy is. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't an important like pharaoh. He was like the brother to somebody or someone not very important. And um, they make a big point of like he wasn't dead when he was prepared for his death. They like held him down and took yeah. the hook and shoved it up his nose. Yeah, it, and again, and took his brain out. it's a late 90s. early And put it in the canopic jars, Keith. Yeah, early 2000s indie movies. So, of course, we have a quick topless flash as well. Just oh, yeah, there was, just some, be, there was some boobies. Kind of out of, point, out of place at all. But again, it it's a really 90s. It's really hot back then. It's a 90s, early 2000s or okay. 80s indie movie. So I yes. don't know what you're talking about, but okay. Uh-huh. I've seen plenty of 90s and 2000s indie movies, and none of them were like this. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, he finds out that, you know, the mummy, this guy was murdered and then he was buried and then, you know, he was dug up when the archaeologists found him and then they put him on tour and so then he was then stolen and he was in this bus accident and the bus, I guess, went into the crick, the crick mm-hmm. near the retirement home. Mm-hmm. And so then I don't understand why it was like, Elvis was there, JFK was there, and then Kimo Sabe shows up and he's like trying to shoot the mummy. But the mummy keeps walking and doesn't take any of the people. It doesn't take Elvis, JFK, or Kimo Sabe's souls. Mm-hmm. He just disappears. And so Kimo Sabe has a heart attack. And that's the big, this is where we have set up the existential dilemma of how if you die normally, then you go to whatever the afterlife is. And they kind of hint at there's a heaven. If you get eaten by Bubba Hotep, then what happens is, is that Nothing. your soul is disintegrated and he poops it out into that stall. Soul and residue. so you cease to exist with no hope for an afterlife. So, right. But Kimo Sabe mm-hmm. got to die with his soul intact. Elvis, during all this, he's never felt more alive. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to go into the whole blister on the pecker plot line mm-hmm. thing because the nurse has to help him with that. And, but anyway, and, yeah. and we, we discovered that he's never felt more alive. Again, it's a 90s, early 2000s. Oh God, stop saying that. <laughs> 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 All right. So then Elvis kind of is like, you know, this isn't much of a life. This isn't much of a home, but it's the only one I got. And I, I should take care of this home and these people and I should protect them. Mm-hmm. So Elvis and JFK 
decide that they're going to fight this thing. So they gather supplies, like scissors and matches, and they synchronize their watches for some reason. And I was like, why are they synchronizing their watches? Well, it's a very, like, 50s thing to do. Yes, 50s spy versus spy. Mm-hmm. They're going to set the mummy on fire, which doesn't com- make complete sense to me because it's a spiritual being, but whatever. And also, like, it survived, like, being buried in the, you know. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't believe you missed He can't be deader than he already is. Yeah. The JFK character basically says it's like, well, fire, I think, is going to do it because it gets rid of evil stuff. And so. I don't remember this. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's, it was in the scene with the comic book, which. Was explaining the soul soccer, book. You know, uh, the, the book of the oh, the common book of soul or what? The yeah, soul they have book? all these pictures, so it's not a comic book, Keith. That was a text. Oh my gosh, there <laughs> were so many pictures in that. That is not well, yeah, with writing on the side. It all was the just writing like writing was uh, in caps. Oh, it was boy. like uh, Felix title. Well, again, I didn't. I don't know the world we're in. I don't know what I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. I could just only you know accept that this is like a text. They mm-hmm. treated it like it was a text. Mm-hmm. Anyway, with pictures, they uh, go to the edge of the creek at the mm-hmm. night, and they're gonna wait for the mummy. And so Elvis has a medicine bag around his neck mm-hmm. um, with a purple heart from his old roommate, and um, Kibo Sabe's masks, and a picture of his daughter. And he's got a pesticide dispenser, and they've put um, alcohol, rubbing alcohol, and a little just topped it off with gasoline. Mm-hmm. And he's got matches and a lighter. Mm-hmm. And so they're kind of waiting for him. And the mummy shows up, and he, like, disappears and shows up and disappears and shows up. Mm-hmm. And uh, he tries to suck JFK's soul, but Elvis saves him. JFK dies, but his soul's intact. Then Elvis lights the... I don't know. Did Elvis light the... It doesn't matter. Elvis mm-hmm. lights the mummy on fire <laughs> at some point in that. Mm-hmm. The mummy uh, is like, ah! But then the mummy gets up, and they have a scuffle, and then they roll down the hill. And I guess Elvis gets, like, stabbed with a twig or something. I don't know. A branch. And he's like laying there and he's going to die. Yeah, it's clear he's he's like punctured a lung or something or he's or his his rib is punctured out of his. Oh, God. Yeah. So it's not. Again, it's an indie film, Keith. 20s, 1990s. I wanted to say like five more times since you you told me to stop. We got it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like, oh, man, I'm going to die soon, but I can't die like this because I need to save my soul. Otherwise, there's nothing for me in the afterlife. He um, lights him up. Basically, mm-hmm. he gaslights him. Get it? Gaslights? Anyway, mm-hmm. lights him on fire, and then I... All, for a second time. All, all, like, for, yeah. But this is like a humongous like fire. Mm-hmm. And all the souls escape, because as everyone knows, when the witch dies, everything that they have done is undone, and all the souls that they have trapped get freed. Sure. Uh, and then Elvis dies peacefully, and mm-hmm. the universe thanks him and says, all is well, with a message from the stars. Yeah. Written yeah, in Egyptian. Egyptian hieroglyphs, yeah. Right, yeah. Um, so that's the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had some questions. Oh, yeah. I would imagine <laughs> that's going to happen. So I was just, at one point, I, t- I think I even said this out loud. I was like, I really wonder how Priscilla and Lisa Marie feel about this movie. Yeah, I, I tried to look it up and I couldn't find anything. I mean, the, the, the huge thing is when you know. Because he keeps saying that he wasn't a very good father because he wasn't yeah around but, yeah but like two seconds later jfk is like i know me too but oh, we did the best we could and they're like yeah i guess we did and yeah. they just kind of like well but when, <laughs> but when you know when you know the timeline of like the whole the priscilla elvis relationship is so messed up i read elvis and me and i watched the bio bio 
Oh no, I've I've seen some investigatory journalism about this relationship oh. by Jordan Jacobo and Kristen Chandler's <laughs> You're Gonna Die Alone. They do an podcast. excellent deep dive podcast oh, okay. into that relationship. And oh my God, it is a, such a bad relationship. So Well, she was only like 14. So it's messed up, but you should see that episode. The other thing was that the exterior shots of the Shady Lakes Palm, whatever it is. That was hilarious. The exterior of the, of the convalescent home is not the interior that we see is like at all like three bedroom house top portland it's like bungalow yeah portland oregon bungalow there are so many stories going on there are so many movies in this movie like this Mm -hmm. at least could have been two movies like the whole like trading places with elvis plotline um added to the mummy thing that was happening again i think that was this one of the strengths of the movie is that it gave you just enough to go on, and it was because it's so just crazy. The whole movie has so many crazy stories in it as well. Well, and it's based on a novella by Joe Lansdale, mm-hmm. I found out. And mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, it probably is a great novella because it probably goes into like Keep Sabi's like background and like a kind of reminds me of like a Stephen King type novella. Well, so, they, and they've talked about making a sequel. Yeah. Please don't. We don't need it. Yeah. We don't no. want it. Oh, but you know who wants to but you know who wants to be in it? Who? Paul Giamatti. Oh. No, I still don't want to he, he, he's, he's he's been the big push. I haven't seen Army of Darkness. I felt like the the shots and the cuts and the mummy stuff uh kind of probably seemed very it seemed very Army of Darkness to me. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Yeah, I would put it. It's kind of in the same vein. Usually it's bad news when someone is the writer and director and producer uh, <laughs> of a movie. Well, this is like... I'm learning. What Do you, do you know who... And do you know who that guy is? No. Who is he? Okay. So uh, I, I've i never heard his name. I've only seen it. Uh-huh. It's Don uh, Coscarelli. Uh-huh. And he is an indie of indies. So he oh. made this whole series of movies called the Phantasm series. Mm. And so, which is kind of like a horror fantasy, and he's got about 10 movies. So, yeah, it's totally like in that vein, in the Army of Darkness vein. Okay. So, Well, yeah. you know what? I'm sure that there is a pocket of people who this is for. Well, one of the things that I loved about it, about doing the research of this, is they're probably never going to do a sequel, but I just found out they have a comic book that they did that was based off of the all the different ideas they had for spinoffs of this movie. Hmm. So I bet you it's a pretty good comic book. I was trying to think of how I was going to rate this movie. Mm-hmm. And I was like, did I like this better than Death Proof? Um, it was a little slow in spots. It's not my type of movie. There was so much going on. Way too much unnatural exposition. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, one thumb is going to be down. Mm-hmm. But um, begrudgingly, one thumb is in the middle. Oh, nice. Because, you know, it was an interesting idea. And I'm sure the people who this movie is for probably really appreciate it. And so... Just because it's not my t- my jam. Yeah, I was surprised how the the aging themes around it actually resonated better than I remembered. And so, I mean, it's like the opening scene. Like, if you're like, should I watch this? Should I not? Like that opening scene with Elvis. If you're in, 
after that opening oh scene, you're going to love this movie. Well, and it was funny because you were and like, if, did you hear what he said? I was like, no, I heard, but I was trying to get the uh, subtitles oh, to work. Oh, you were so stoic. You were so like, <laughs> I didn't think you heard because it is the most ridiculous, one of the most ridiculous openings it's of horrible. any movie. It is horrible, but it's like, that's the movie it is. It's uh-huh. going to be just bat crap crazy all the way through. You can say and it was. That. No. Okay. Keep my, we want to keep it non-explicit. Keep the job. <laughs> keep the job. All right. So uh, that's the best I can do for you. So I'm really proud of you. Love this. Love this podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, we learned how to be a Latin lover. And we learned what a bubba and a hotep is. Exactly. And what a scarab is. Yes. Did you learn what a scarab was for the first time? No. No. You're a history a, teacher. I would think you would know. Yeah, I forgot the exact name of the jars. You got me on that one. Canopic jars. There you go. Actually, it's probably not pronounced that way. I will accept it. <laughs> but yeah, so I think it was, yeah, it was an interesting week. So yeah. I think it was cool. We had a double thumbs up, must see recommendation. Yes, I'm so shocked. I don't think you've had one of those yet. Have you? No, that's the first time I've done that. So. Wow. Well, your thumb went up and Bubba Hotep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yes. Bubba Hotep didn't go as didn't go as badly as I thought it was going to, but uh, but yeah, but it was still fun. It was still fun to watch those movies about aging out. It was, and our daughter walked into the room at certain points and was like, "Why are you watching this? I don't want to watch this. I'm leaving." <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, "Okay, all right." <laughs> this week was about aging out, but uh-huh. next week is about love, Aww. sweet love, because we are turning ten. Yes, we are. Turning 10 as a couple and turning 10 with episodes. That's right. Episode 10, 10 year anniversary. What well, This time it was me who came up with the movie yes. that we had to watch. Mm-hmm. The amazing movie, Intolerable Cruelty, uh-huh. which is just hilarious. It's about love and the ups and downs. And I am so glad our relationship isn't like what's in that movie, yeah. but it is very hilarious to watch. <laughs> And then uh, you get to watch one of my absolute favorite movies from the 2000s. You will be watching the star-studded Heartbreakers. I had it on VHS. And then, oh, wow. Exactly. So I've seen it like 50 times on VHS. I never got around to buying the DVD. I, I sense that's going to change. <laughs> well, I already bought a copy off eBay. Dang it. <laughs> And I'm super excited because I've been wanting to buy it, but it's like not available. So I had to buy it off eBay. So we'll see if it works. We'll, we'll see which movie we actually get. Yes. <laughs> we'll see what, like, what? It's kind of hardly wait. What? It's the same thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, happy anniversary and happy 10 episodes next week. I can't wait. So Aww. thank you. Thank you for listening to us. Yes. So. Thank you for listening. Um, you can check us out on Facebook. We have a He Saw, She Saw Facebook page. Mm-hmm. We also have a He Saw, She Saw podcast Instagram page. The kids call it Insta. Sorry. So. Like us and subscribe and tell other people to listen to us too. And yeah, so I guess uh, that's that's it. Give me some sugar, baby.